one episode on Star Trek. Well, okay. In that episode, there was like a horrible, scary guy in a spaceship, and he was making a lot of trouble for the Enterprise. And then when they find him in the end, he's just this little kid. It was all like a, not a puppet, but a simulation kind of thing, you know? And he's like, he isn't a little kid. He was just a wimpy old man. I don't know how to describe it. You got to see it. Okay, now this guy is R.G. Armstrong, and he's a serious real actor. He's, you might know him from Predator as the General Phillips or Pruneface in Dick Tracy, but he was in Reds. He was in Heaven Can Wait. This guy's for real. I don't know what he's doing in this film. Hey, he's probably doing a day's work and get the fuck out. Yeah, it's 40 years career. He had to take some stuff that was a day's pay and get them. Right. He shot all his stuff in one day. He shot all his stuff. Wow. All right. All right. There you go. Called it. (laughs) But he's localized to this area. He's in a few scenes right now. So now what it is, is like, he doesn't say we got a dead kid, but he's like, we need to use your phone. Got no phone. You know, right. the nearest town is three miles, but you better not go there, Gatlin, because they're religious folk. So 15 miles away is Harris fuck the bird or something. You know, you ever see the movie Cabin in the Woods? It came out maybe like eight years ago, whatever, 10 years ago. Cabin in the Woods? No. Yeah, so, yeah, you should check it out. It's So yeah. these, these kids, these teenagers go to a, a cabin in the woods Oh, it's called harm. Cabin, not Kevin. No, no, nothing to do with Kevin. Cabin. It's called Cabin in yeah. the Woods. <laughs> C-A-B-I-N can wait. Oh, Cabin can wait. Yeah. <laughs> cabin in the Woods, but they, they do a take of the crazy guy in the gas station right before the cabin that mm-hmm. the, the kids always drive up to. There was this great movie with John Stewart in which they were mistaken as Hicks. Like, the, the was it Dick? De- de- there were Tucker and, Tucker and teenagers, Dale right? And and they were gonna like go on a trip and it was all a misunderstanding, you know, like it was Tucker and Dale versus Evil, maybe? <laughs> maybe. It was a lot of fun. I don't trust this dog. Oh, I, I better check will the dog die.com. Well, he definitely dies, and he you know, like the corn is mad for some reason. And and old man is like, I didn't tell him nothing. And the dog will go to like fuck with him and get killed. Now, they were going to have a severed dog head, but because of budget constraints, uh-huh. they just have a bloody bandana. Did oh, right, because he was wearing a bandana. I was wondering why that dog was wearing a bandana, is to kill it. <laughs> Now okay, like, children come on of, back, Ruski. Does the dog die.com? Children of the corn. He dies. Oh, you know, I think I, I have to wait for it to stop buffering. Okay, here we go. Does the dog die? Yes. 38 people voted. The dog runs off camera, and as soon its bloody handkerchief appears on top of a car. <laughs> now, they keep, Are there they're going to car? Hemingford, yes. right? But as they drive towards Hemingford, it's going to say Gatlin closer and closer and closer. They went the other way. So for some reason, they're driving to Gatlin now. So someone must have just made these signs and just posted them. Just a fuck with them. 
So they got the wrong wrong address. No, but it's more, and then they're going to wind up right back at the gas station where they started. It's like the demons got them looping around in a circle, trying to get them to Gatlin. Oh, I got gotcha. you. But there'll never be anything else like that in the whole film. I I thought the kids did it, like set up these signs so they can trap adults for their little rituals. No, these guys are not welcomed and not expected. They're called the interlopers, the outs, outlanders. They're outlanders. The outlanders. Yeah. Hey, outlander. Hey. Right, because the outlanders are the ones who show up during the seasons, like during the summer and stuff. But the uh, well, they're there all year round. There was a South Park in which these two people come to an abandoned town with only kids. And they they do the they do some of the lines like Outlander we have your woman she still lives <laughs> we have your woman yeah yeah hey no woman it's Linda well, Hamilton they, they talk re- they talk religiously in this he is who doth it have it the woman oh come on he's like said what are you guys always oh, talking to the demon. Yeah, he's saying, I didn't tell him nothing. You know that. I didn't break our agreement. They, they keep him alive because they want the gasoline. I kind of don't get it, but they keep him alive. They didn't kill him, even though he's an adult, because he gives he gets right. them gasoline. But he doesn't really care. He's just there with his dog. It isn't until they show up. He's like, oh, now I'm scared of your wrath. <laughs> well, somehow, like, the demon's angry at him. Because he talked to them. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But that's what it is. Now he'll find the bloody rag instead of a dog's head. <laughs> but it so does mean gross. the same thing. Your dog it's, is dead. You know, we, we killed your dog, and then we opened up the hood when you weren't looking, and then we threw in the bloody thing in there. Well, not we. You mean we like the kids? Because yeah, I think well, this is all the demon. It's unclear to me, Carl. Understood. It feels like that. Well, I guess there was no fingers in the bushes when, from the camera angle, right? They do the. That's right. They made the wind go, and right. they, there was a lightning and a thunderous, you know. But there was no kids involved in there. You don't now, see them scurrying. Kids will be involved in a moment because Malachi's going to come and kill him. And that makes uh, he who walks behind the corn angry with Malachi. They need his gasoline, apparently. Malachi just likes to kill, kill, kill. It's like, what? We killed all these adults. We killed a librarian. Why can't I go ahead and kill uh, this guy? Tone it down. You ever shish a librarian? (laughs) Can we try it? Uh, Hello. Welcome to Montclair State University Library. Uh, I'm your librarian, Mike. Okay, I'll be the librarian. You be the person. Okay. Oh, all right. There, there is no smoking in the library. <laughs> Hang on. I'm almost done. I haven't had a stogie in a long time. No, you're supposed to shush me. This was oh, your joke. No, I didn't yeah. forget. All right. right. Okay, go ahead. All right. Well, you, you were funny with that. All right, go ahead. I ripped what you said. I didn't say the joke. I, t- I took it to a, the open mic, and it, it killed. It killed. You're my best writer. You're better than me. You're better than me, Mike. All right, go ahead, go ahead. So you went to the library, and yeah, uh, right. it's your joke. Did oh. you ever shush a librarian? Like one time, I was in the library, and the librarian came right up to me, and she said, "Sir, there's no smoking in the library." And I said, "Shh." 
Love it. Yes, Kevin. Well, I also have a, you know how you could ask a librarian anything? Mm-hmm. I went up there and I said, can I use your microwave? And they told me to get out. And I said, oh, is it because it's that noisy one with the timer? With tick, 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 tick. I eat it. The dings, you can't use that. Okay, I'll have to rewrite that for the open mic, but I'll try. No, no, I think what you said was funny. And if I said it and gave it to you and you used it and it works, then don't let me get involved in it. Oh, Mike, I'm always stealing from you. Always. <laughs> I have so many jokes. Hey, it's yours. good. I haven't been on stage. At least my material's out there. No, you remember that video I made once with all of yeah. your jokes? Yeah, I love that. The one that you didn't write, but you did. But since that time, there's at least another five minutes of only Mike Spiegelman jokes. Maybe I'll I took, do that again. I took two jokes and I combined them together and I also took out the Polish references. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went into this uh, uh, store and I said, I'd like to have a, uh, uh, a, a bologna sandwich with mayonnaise and pickles. And the guy says, are you Polish? I go, why? Because I like bologna. <laughs> he goes, no, it's a dry cleaner. So that, that's oh, the joke. Oh, this is a dry cleaners. All right. All right. Okay, so you, they're right back where they started again, driving through the fields, trying to get off the highway. It, it's it, The spirit is like keeping them there, which doesn't make sense because he doesn't want them there. It's I never got a written. sense of that. I never got a sense of that. I just thought like, uh, I thought the kids set it up as like, like because they get stuck in the corn and I thought it's like a corn maze and technology. Technology. And that technology. You know, when you compare something to another thing, it's an analogy. analogy. It's an analogy. So right now, Bryce, a Bryce University graduate in English. Wait, where'd you go to school? I went to Montclair State. I went to Brandeis University. Brandeis, Brandeis English yeah. graduate. That was last century. It is analogous. That was, that was last century. Look at this. So he's 24 years old, and he's like playing a 12-year-old hellbound preacher. Yeah, he's killing. He's killing. He's the best part of this movie. Right now, he's given the the preacher talk. You know, it's a sermon essentially, but it's like happening in real time. He just got talked to by God, which isn't really God as we know. Yeah, so that's the last adult there has turned into a skeleton. So the interlopers are coming. Yeah, it's the well. It's no. He is the cop who originally tried to like burn down the field when they first started killing. You know. Oh, and gotcha. They, yeah, so he's three years old, rotten up there. He's a special sort of like religious thing. This is what happens. You try to kill the demon. Oh, you get crucified, and then your clothes remain the same, but your body turns into a skeleton. Right. A lot of these kids are locals to the Iowa towns. Yeah, you can tell they're still at the 4-H uh, ribbons <laughs> on them. And there's um, a... There's scenes where, like, the demon's, like, burrowing through the ground. And it's, like, Boy Scouts, local Boy Scouts in Iowa, like, dug the trenches. Wow. Anything for this movie. Yeah. One, one thing I noticed about this movie is how cavalier they are with knives. Like, you know, it's like the kids will be sitting there with a knife and they're holding the blade. <laughs> yeah. You see it right behind the, uh, Isaac? Don't Dangerous. point at me, Isaac. I don't know if they're all props and they're just like, have fun, kids. But they got a lot of weapons on them. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're like rubber. Right? Rubber. I mean, it's a, it's a film. Where are you going to get a rubber sickle prop? The rubber sickle prop store. 
in the, oh, the one in Iowa? But <laughs> Sioux City? Listen, I bought rubber knives. Tom Pro used to have a lot of them when he would film. Yeah, I remember all the rubber knives. That, especially <laughs> the ones that would like when when contact they would like recede, so it looked like you were getting stabbed. Listen, if you needed a rubber, Tom Kroll was was the man. He would be that's the place to go. He was the drugstore of Montclair, New Jersey. The pharmacist, we called him. <laughs> oh, corn. So the basically now they're rolling into Gatlin and they're like, fucking nobody's here. There's no welcoming committee. Sell a corner. Right, there's no Terminators there. But no, there's a lot of corn stalks everywhere we'll see soon. Oh, see, there's the little kids. With yeah, their sickles. Yeah, they all have weapons. It's so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> and he just said, here, here's a bunch of props. Go, go crazy. Hopefully props go crazy. So, um... This um, Hal Roach Studios bought the rights, and Kingstart himself wrote the script for it. Oh, great. They hated it. They hated it. Okay. King's script started with 35 pages of Bert and Vicky arguing in the car. <laughs> oh, how great is that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, so, wasn't that The Shining? No, they were happy in the car ride. Well, it, no, but 35 pages, Mike, a, a film... A you script of pages a minute. You, they they had so much happening before the opening credits. Like, would, I wouldn't mind a little pacing. Wait, Slowly. you want to argue now? Just I, you're so contrarian to me. Just because I say something, you want to argue, right? That them arguing in the car for 35 minutes is a better <laughs> film than this. It's called Children of the Corn, and I would just want 35 minutes of that movie where they don't talk about children or corn whatsoever. You'll get it in the beginning when they're arguing. <laughs> okay, so um, Hal Roach said, fuck that, no way, and he hired a guy named uh, Goldsmith. And this guy, George Goldsmith, wrote uh, Horse Five, Nowhere to Hide, I don't know, Hill Street Blues episode, Hot Child in the City. I, I don't know. He didn't write films you've heard of, but uh, he was a pro. And he I've tried heard of to... Hill Street Blues. I've heard of Hill Street Blues. Out of all of them, I've heard of Hill Street Blues. I've and... heard of Hill Street Blues. I've heard of Hill Street Blues. <laughs> well, he wrote one of those. Oh, yeah, which one was that? The one where, let's see, the chief has a drinking problem. It's the one where it starts with the theme song. It goes, you're watching Hill Street Blues. So now they're trying to find somebody. They're trying to find somebody. They want to say, look, we got a dead kid Bye. in the car. He was murdered. Please take him to the coroner's office. And they also have blood on the on the front of their car that the, the mechanic noticed. <laughs> The mechanic did notice. He didn't yeah. say anything. He's like, you guys, you, no, he did. He said, you guys better keep driving. Like before he told oh, him to go to. that's why he said it? Yeah, they, they had a glance and there was like red ketchup all over the yellow car. Mm -hmm. It looked like a hot dog order. That looks like a taxi, right? Yeah, it's a monster of a car. All, all the radio has are just preachers. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, AM. 
okay, they saw the, like, door close on this house. So it's, here's somebody. Let's at least use their phone. Right. Should we park this close to the, the tree? I'm a little on the fence about that. <laughs> You're, yeah, should we park so close to this fence? Oh, well, I guess we're on the fence about that. Ooh, let's see. Look at see. how dirty, right? Does he recognize the cameraman on the other side? Uh, the internet tells me there's lots of that in this film. Continuity things like you see people from the set uh, in the reflections. Yeah. But I've seen this film. This is my fourth time, and I did not notice any of that shit. There's also boom mic sightings and stuff. I missed them all. He does a lot of interesting things. Like we saw the reflection of uh, a lot of the action on car windows and uh, mm -hmm. scraps of cars, windows, th these windows. So the guy who wrote the film that said that uh, this is a metaphor for the Iranian revolution, the takeover of the town by quasi-religious zealots acting for an evil god based on the Ayatollah Khomeini and his revolutionary guard taking over Iran. Burton Vicky became analogous, analogous to the American hostages. Exposing the dangers of uh, evil religious fundamentalism. Shit, you just can't have a single movie in the 80s with some weird politics attached to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, there's Jiffy Pop, untouched. Cool. Yeah, it's just on the stove. I'm about to make some Jiffy Pop. Uh, well, uh, I did that once with my kids, you know, because they would do yeah. the microwave one. So I said, oh, like when I was a kid, and we did it once, and they're like, wow. And then they were never interested. Nah, just get the microwave stuff. Yeah, it's a big ordeal. Oh, it's great for camping trips. I had a fond memory of my father pulling out the Jiffy Pop on one of those, like, you know, state park uh, yeah. uh, barbecue pits that they have, uh, little setups, and he put it, and it just burnt the fuck out of it almost immediately. Like, it just turned <laughs> into this big black cloud. It was great. <laughs> like, it went boom, like a pimple. Like, it was so much heat. And he just threw it away, you know? He just let it cool and tossed it. So now they're going to come upon Sarah. Okay, so these are the Monopoly kids. Yes. This, so, is the, this is the crayon girl from the beginning of the movie. Yep. Sarah. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. Which was this? 84? 82 was the Terminator? Uh, 84. I don't remember. You you could be right. It's eighty two, but but it was like on the earlier side of the eighties. Yeah, yeah. She's good in the last uh, uh, Terminator movie. Dark that was Fury. a terrible film. That was a yeah. Terrible but she was she was good in it. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, she that did. Wasn't a, good, it wasn't a good movie, but she got this. She kicked ass, and she was like kind of the center of the film. I liked Terminator Genesis. Many people did not. I thought it was really action-packed and good. Oh, look, so, all right, so check this out. So there's all these murders. Kids draw murders. He's like, huh, he <laughs> who walks behind the rose. What about the murder pictures above it and to the right? That don't have time for it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. His eyes. Yeah, there's a guy with a knife in his head <laughs> now. Yeah. He's just like, oh, whatever. Nice Weird. museum. I guess they didn't have any room on the refrigerator, so they had to put the paintings in this room. Sarah Connor. No, I'm just Sarah. Just Sarah. Sarah but of the, the corn. Looks like Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. 
No, not in this. I'm Vicky. I'm Vicky in this film. She's like a badass in the last one. She's got like a motorcycle jacket and a motorcycle. Yeah. She's got like blue goggles and she's all, let's go, let's ride. <laughs> now, she draws pictures that predict the future and she's going to draw a picture of uh, Vicky getting hauled away by the, you know, the kids. But we don't see that until after it happens. I think it would have been much better in the script if we saw it before. Oh, much better for Bert and uh, Hertz if they saw it now, Victoria. Because she does see it ahead of them kidnapping her and she goes what is this but we as an audience don't see the picture till after they didn't make a big deal out of the picture but they do the horror thing where like the, all the kids know they're coming you know like the victims don't know realize that everyone's been waiting for them to show up and they show up and they all you know like what what who are you and like yeah we knew we knew an adventure coming so you're right this is one of those films the, uh, Job and Sarah do know that. Well, the kids too. Isaac was like, "These kids are coming." According to this crayon picture, these kids, these they're driving a yellow <laughs> car with a happy sun above them. That's right, and happy corn stalks, and happy corn stalks, and little bees. This we can't have, right? Little bees, cute, <laughs> the nice, beautiful. Oh, and then like rip bloody knives and smiling waitresses. I think the waitress might be Rebecca, right? There's a girl who later on who like attacks him. Yeah, she's got curly hair. And the her attack at the way end of the film was tacked on. It was never in the script. The director's like, we need something more. We need a one last punch. We need one last scare. And they right. just wrote it. They had the Terminator pop up out of, like, you thought he was dead. And he comes back out. So he's like, you stay here with her. I'll go find... He says he's going to town hall to find a phone or something. But he never goes to town hall. He goes to the no, school. He does. He, I think he does go to town hall. He wasn't in the, in the school? No, that's, I think that's the municipal building. He walks out and it says town hall. Okay. Oh, it says it? Oh. Okay. Well, we'll have to check for sure. It's coming right up. What a lousy record player. I, yeah. <laughs> the hand is down. Did you ever have a record player where it was spin, even though you don't have the need? Well, the handle's yeah. at rest. It's just not play. There were those cheap record players in which it was, yeah, it didn't sense it from the, the arm. You know, you had to just turn it on with the, yeah. with the toggle. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. It's a kid's one. Oh, yeah, for old-timey kids, like 1950s. <laughs> look at her dress. It is like that. Oh, I'm going to draw. Look at this, like, people with a gun. See? See? Galen's, all right, Galen's school. Strange. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. He said he was going to the municipal building. But he's looking for the kids. What the hell are all those corn stalks doing everywhere? Oh, man, this looks like Montclair High School. These guys have had three years since the initial killing of the adults to like fuck around and put right, cold stocks right. They go to all the towns. So now he's left the school. So maybe he ends up at the municipal. He goes to the church, right? And then all these little There's rats. children of the village of the damned, creepy little kids. Malachi's coming with the sickle. 
to Linda Hamilton. That sequel got so much play. I think that's probably why there's so many sequels. It just kind of clicked. Makes me sickle. Yeah, in all the advert, um, in all the ads, you would always see the sickle against the corn husks. Right, because they'll say children of the corn. You go, oh, that's not creepy. And then they'll be like a sickle. You're like, oh, yikes, you need a sickle <laughs> to cut corn. I didn't realize it could be used as a weapon. Except for the Grim Reaper, I guess. He, didn't, he doesn't have a sickle. He's a specter. And the Soviet flag. Yeah, he's got, right, he's got another harvesting tool, but it's super long, right? right. And it's That's what he reaps. He reaps yeah. souls. Oh, reaps. Yeah, so he's the reaper. He's reaping, he's not wheat, it's... Wheat. Oh, look both ways before crossing the street. <laughs> Even though nobody lives there. So that's not like Hal Roach Studios where they shot like all these uh, silent movies? Uh, no, there were three towns in Iowa. Uh, I have the locations here somewhere. And um, there were some in ca in California. Uh, all these little kids are all like, there's only a dozen kids, but they're all like right where the cameras are. Yep, they used them. Here it is. It's Hornick. Iowa, Whiting, Iowa, Salix, Iowa, oh, wow. and Sergeant Bluff, Iowa. So maybe he's in the municipal building now. He is. He is. This town hall. Here comes See, Joe. Notary. I guess the phone doesn't work. Now he's going to have that, like, psychic experience when he knows that Vicky's uh, in trouble. There's Job checking him out. Right, so Vicky's like a mile away, and the kid he needs is right behind him. And then he's going to say, I have to go a mile. Oh, and there's the kid I need. Let's go. <laughs> no, it, doesn't, it, it isn't time for the kid. Oh, they really defaced that town hall. They had three years of uh, fucking around. Right, that's right. What else are you going to do as a kid? Well, I mean, they must have oil paints other than crayons mm -hmm. to paste the painting so well. So Linda's like, I mean, uh, Vicky's Vicky. like, what are you drawing? I drew you. Let me see. And then she goes, what is this? You know, she's like scared by the picture or, or disgusted maybe. But we as an audience should see it now before it happens. She's like, look at that. Like, well, this is the first time they realize she's been drawing murder paintings. Oh, that's why there's murder paintings on the wall. <laughs> now I'm drawing I murder paintings. Uh oh, oh, they hear somebody. And it's Malachi and crew. I don't want to subscribe to Grit Magazine. <laughs> We've come to set you free. Okay, here he is. He's going to have his... Like he said to Linda, you're safe. It's a weird, but you're safe. Something like that. And then he's going to hear that over and over and go, she's in trouble. Run back. Did they really, these kids, paint no false blood, gods in blood? No Not blood. Yeah, and they, they use the blood of cops. These kids are sick. Yeah, they are. This guy would go on to have uh, other success, but he would never outlive his performance here. So scary. As a matter of fact, one time Isaac freaked out a lady. Uh, they were in a restaurant with friends, and this lady, like, freaked out when she saw Isaac and ran out really? of the diner or the restaurant. That sounds and, like you when you were a kid. 
And then she came back in a little later and talked to the manager and said she wanted her seat moved, her her and her girlfriends moved to another location where they couldn't see Isaac. Really? Now, this, that, you see the lamp, she just, that there's lamp. No was, there's no blanks. cord. There were blanks. Those were blanks. Oh, yeah, because there's no uh, cord attached to the wall when she That's threw it? That's right. You're not going to have a loaded lamp thrown at a guy. Uh-oh. Good acting. She does a good job here, uh, the little girl. Oh, Linda Hamilton's feet. I'm not doing this movie anymore. Oh, the hell you are. That little girl would go on to become a psychologist and be a teacher in a college. She got a PhD. Nice. Yeah. She was also on Full House, and she reprised that role on Fuller House. She was on a lot of stuff uh, as a little girl, and then she just said, I'm going to college. Right. Sarah Connor. Children of the Corn. So Children of the Corn was like 84, now, and then the wait, sequel was 93. Did you see how we just saw the picture, though? Yeah, that's right, finally. Right. So that's the thing. They missed an opportunity there. They didn't show us as the audience with like creepy music, creepy music, like she predicted it. I think it was a waste of opportunity. Now, this we, this scene we learned, don't shake the baby. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When it comes to children actors, you should just. Oh, so is she dead? No, she's being sacrificed. She's it's midsummer all over again. Step. Midsummer. Midsummer. Now he's learning, like, he who walks behind the corn is, like, angry at Malachi for killing the old man. And uh, Don't you recognize Malachi from Back to the Future? Yep, he was in it, yep. He had, like, a Davy Crockett hat, beaver cap. See, he Maybe. would never go on to do another role in which he was a big deal. He would go on to do roles like that. You know, he would be in films. Yeah, good for him. Last night I met a guy like that. Um, his, his name was Lenny, and he, you know, I he was in a bunch of movies, you know. But he was always like that. He is a working actor. You really don't know him, but you know him when you see him on screen. Right. That's what well, I would go on to do. That's cool, because he has such a unique look as a kid. It's nice yeah. to see that. Scary looking. Not necessarily scary looking. He kind of looks like Fraggle from Hard Bodies. He was in Hard Bodies. He was? I, yeah, He's Fraggle. That's where I know this guy. He's Fraggle from Hard Body. You remember I told you that I printed out uh, the cast and one piece? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's off that page. Now, we watched Hard Bodies 2, which is famously not I mean, nothing to do with the first one other than the characters of the first one. Uh, the second one is they're filming a teen sex comedy in Italy, and the name of the characters are the name of the characters from the first movie. Right. <clears throat> and the actors kind of mix and match. You can't really tell what's real or not. Oh, look, look at this. The so this is open yeah, for him like a door. Like Moses and the Parting the Red Sea. I must have put some budget in that. And now it's going to close. So the corn's saying, you know, he who walks behind the corn saying, come on in, buddy. Gotcha. It's a Twin Peaks ship. So he is off to find Vicky because he now realizes they took her. 
Oh, in the in the field. Now in uh, yeah, because he saw the picture. Something we didn't get. They they wasted an opportunity, but nonetheless, we every time every scene in a okay look. They were going. They were. You see how there's no cleavage there. They didn't have budget, so. Oh right, so they yeah, they had, yeah, they didn't have cleavage. Don't you think, like as an actor, though, to be tied up and crucified, like this is pretty much like I, I would. I'd be like, I did it, you assholes. I hope you got it. I'm done. I don't know. You you often go there with like the the actors oppressed or something. No, but know? I mean, you don't think it hurts being crucified? Yes, I do. But I think it's also a movie and they probably aren't really hanging her there by, you know what I mean? She's on a seat or something, you know? Now, this is so out of the blue. Meanwhile. Yeah, that's right. Meanwhile, right? All the action's going on in the cornfield, but... And remember, the the our Isaac's not there leading it. Rachel's leading it. It like kind of doesn't make sense that they would be separate, right? They're all together as a community, and it's his turn to get die, right? At nineteen years old, right? Oh, so that's he's marking it in his own blood, right? Exactly. And one thing I noticed about this film is that knife knife wounds don't really hurt people ultimately. Well, he you're right, because he's about to get stabbed by Rachel, and he'll be fine for the rest of the movie. We do get to see not only this 19-year-old boy's chest, but uh, Peter Horton gets his shirt off a couple times. Yeah, the producer said, if I took my shirt off, they'll put me in the movie. So is she the waitress? Yeah, she's the waitress. Maybe, maybe. We never see the waitress's face. And remember, I was saying it's weird that an adult. Right. But also, the waitress looked like she was five feet tall. Right. So she goes, Go get Isaac. And she goes, No, wait, go get Malachi. Because she knows I'm kill- she- Malachi. Yeah, Malachi will kill him. Yeah. Okay, I'll wait for Malachi. So, like, you know, uh, he's getting indignant now saying, you idiots, you know. Oh, yeah. Rewriting the Bible one page at a time. It, yeah, nope. but it, there's something to kill him. It's like, uh, he slams down the Bible. Bible pile. Oh, whoa. Whoa, Get whoa, whoa. Get back. No, touch, no touching. These guys wow. all die pretty young. Oh. All died at 19. They're all Gen Xers. Mm. I guess they're, they're old Gen Xers. 62? Old, old. If you were born before JFK, then you're you're a boomer. Right. That's for sure. Yeah, but, so these, yeah, you're a Gen Xer. I thought 66 was the cutoff, but I think you're right. It's 64. 64? Yeah, I mean, 66 makes more sense. Well, see, I'm 66, but I'm definitely Gen X. Right. So... Okay, so he's stabbed, but he'll right. be fine. He's even fine right there. You see, sometimes his, he's got a bloodstained shirt, and sometimes he doesn't as he's running. Well, all you have to do, I learned this in the movies, if you get stabbed, is you pull the knife out. And, and then be okay, yeah. It'll, he, it'll close up. Yeah, like not, it's not going to make it worse or, or going to cause more problems. That's sarcasm, what our lawyer is telling me. <laughs> 
Get the Outlander. Oh, he tripped Ooh. up his own feet. Run. This time we're doing it with the bloodstained shirt. Go. Yeah, right. So this is nice as town vacated themselves for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Not even a plane in the sky, right? Right. Outlander! He's at Kirby's Market. Hey, mister, if you go into Kirby's, can you buy us some beer? Right. We'll give you the money. We'll be right out here. Uh-oh. They got him now. It's There's a Star Trek episode like this. It looks like a Star Trek episode with the colors. Yeah. Outlander. There's this, there's this uh, Star Trek episode where there's a, like a virus and it kills you when you get to a certain age. So they come to this town that's like empty except for kids. And that was 1967, I think. So in, uh, in Hard Bodies, these three guys want to get laid. So they find like a Lothario who convinces them, like, do what I do. And with this pad you guys are renting here by the beach, we'll have massive parties. And their buddy Frankel comes and hangs out and drinks beers and falls over the ledge. Like it was it's a great movie. Classic. Hard bodies. I yeah. will watch it. We've and seen hard bodies can... too on this show, just right. when it's really awful with James Karen. Where's my little sheet of movies? I recently saw that movie because my brother had a, a DVD of both movies. Oh, wow. That's a real difference, right? It was right, double feature. But I mean, Hard Bodies 2 is just pales. Yeah, there's, there's none of this guy. There's no Mordecai in, in 2. So now they're going to have like a standoff thing, but nobody dies. Oh, no, I'm sure Mordecai has to get his come up and it's later. Um, 11 films in the series. It spawned more sequels than any other Stephen King film. Right. Franchise <laughs> film, cult, a rap group with the name Children of the Corn. There's lots of places in music where Children of the Corn is referenced. I just, Sure. What about all the kids from the band, the corn? Right. Yeah. There's a corn song. Let me see. Children of the Corn is a track on the 1998 Corn album, Follow the Leader. Um, is it Children of the Corn or is it Children of the Corn? Uh, it's with a K. Yeah, okay. And the final verse of Kendrick Lamar's 2001 song, Mad City. Kill them all if they gossip the children of the corn. They're realizing an option of living a lie. Drive the body with toxins. I don't know. He says children of the corn. And there's a bunch of them here. I think I got three more. I don't feel like reading them. Well, wait, I wrote a song, ready? Okay. Uh, uh, before you were born, that was the movie Children of the Corn. Their <laughs> hair is ragged. It's really short. Yes, it's children of the corn. What else rhymes with corn? Uh, they have their hair corn? needs to be short. Yeah, worn. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm giving you a warn. It's the children of the corn. <laughs> yeah, that's serious. Sure. I uh, thought you were going to do like your Christmas song. You're going, children, corn, children, corn, children, corn. Oh, Carl, Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you, Mike. You're yeah, the first I, I, one to uh, wish you a Merry Christmas this year. This year. Yeah, uh, you've done it episode after episode. So it's not the first time I've been wished, but it's the, you're the first person. 
I feel, well, this word Christmas, more people should be wishing you a Merry Christmas. I Thank wrote a Christmas you. carol for you. Oh, you wrote a Christmas carol? Yeah, How did it go? It goes, Christmas, 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 Christmas. So now Job has saved uh, him from, uh, from the, you know, he took him down to his dad's bomb shelter. Nobody's going to find you in here. Right. And so there's a first aid kit. I'll set you up. Right. Yeah. It's like John Wick's doctor shows up all of a sudden. Isn't, <laughs> isn't it funny? Like, there's look, always she like, has no cleavage there. She has no cleavage. That's they didn't have the budget. budget. No right. budget. They had to give it to. To whom? In this Stephen movie. King. Oh, he got the boobies? Stephen King is out. Wait, okay. I think Night Shift also trucks the uh, turn into maximum overdrive. The stories from that book. Uh-huh. Because you say, like, man, they're taking a short story and they're dragging it out into a movie. But they do that all the time for Stephen King. I mean, that book alone had, like, several movies. Right. The, anything with Stephen King's name on it at a certain point, I guess after The Shining, was just like, okay, this is gold. We'll yeah, opt children, to book. Children of the Corn kind of turned that gold into, like, what, cheese, but... <laughs> Right, because that, that point is like turning, you don't need Stanley Kubrick. You don't need Stanley Kubrick to direct your movie. You could just fucking do it. You don't need Stephen King to write it, apparently, either. Yeah, right. Okay, so right now, as a matter of fact, Hal Roach tried to get it that um, uh, the writer wasn't credited. It was just written by Stephen King. He lost that argument. Huh. So now uh, Isaac, who's always shaming Malachi, Malachi's turning it on him, and everyone's against Isaac now, and they're even going to crucify him. Look at that. The kid's like an expert in, like, first aid. Every gunslinger, there's a woman in town who knows how to heal his wounds before the final battle. Right. In this case, it's a six-year-old girl. <laughs> I think you might have nailed it six, six or seven. Could She could be, you nailed it. So there's no cleavage in this movie, but we see Peter Horton without his shirt, and the guy's pretty sexy. And we saw that 19-year-old. We saw some, some you know, young beefcake, I guess. Uh-huh. I didn't see he was very beefcakey, right? You could see his he, uh, clap. Of, and, yeah, but he's like this hairy guy and uh, with a nice build, and he's cutting a, a Satan identical. Uh, now, listen, in a movie, every scene flows from one to the other. That is broken here. He goes like, come out, Outlander, or we're going to kill your woman, right? But he's in the bomb shelter, doesn't hear it at all, and right. then they just take her right back to the cornfield again. So the well, scene is pointless. Well, there's two things about this scene. One, he cuts her really deeply and then puts his hand on the wounds. But no one really gets hurt with these 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 cuts are like fast and loose in this movie, right? And yeah, that won't be a scar. Also, did you notice when they were driving away from the gas mechanic? He's like, "What? What's that whispering? What's that noise?" Yeah. And meanwhile, they're like, "Damn it, we just drove another fifteen minutes and uh, we're still lost." And they cut back to him. It's like two seconds have passed. What is yeah, that noise? That's right. That was very badly done. Okay, get my shirt back on. Blood is well, a decorative. He is decorative. going to go to the cornfield to find Vicky. See what I'm saying, though? The right, whole Vicky's in town. Listen, if you're in a movie and you're screaming out, trying to lure a guy out, one scene needs to lead to the other. That has to lead to a scene in which 
he gets the better of them or he does come out or but they didn't do that they just said all right he's not here let's bring her back to the cornfield it didn't make any sense look at this guy he's like no big deal yeah he's taking him a little right now maybe you're right i think i'm work high up there oh no isaac up there he returns huh in 666 yeah and he even co-wrote it with his cousin Wow, it takes five sequels, uh, four sequels for it to catch up with them. Yep. Finally worked. Let's see here. I don't have them all. Children of the Corn is 84, of course. Children of the Corn 2 with a final sacrifice in 92. Right. That's crazy. That's so much time has passed. Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest in 95. Urban. Okay. 2009, a TV remake of the original film aired on Sci-Fi. And Fox, uh, October 23, 2022, no, 2020, a prequel to the 1984 film wow. and the 11th overall entry titled Children of the Corn 2020. Never heard of it. There was a company called Dimension Films, and they bought the rights to the name of Children of the Corn, and that's it. They made all those sequels. Are you talking about uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein's brother's uh, production? I don't house? know. I, I don't know. Because there was Miramax, and then they had like a B-movie division called... Uh, Dimension Films, Dimension then Films. yeah. yeah. So, Bob, Children Bob of the Bob. Corn 1 and 2 came out, and then they bought it, and they made, you know, nine more. He thinks his wife is being about to be torched up in, in a crucifixion, but it's actually Mordecai. So he's going to go over there, like, unhand my wife. And they're like, yeah, Mordecai had your wife in the town hall about 10, 10 hours ago. Now, you see that machine there? Yeah. That's an irrigation machine. It pumps water into the field. Oh, yeah, I saw that in the Flintstones. Okay, so just remember that, because we're going to be back to this irrigation machine. But it is going to be water. Uh, oh, it's corn alcohol. Right, ethanol. Corn ethanol. Yeah. No. Hey, guys. I thought this was about me. I'm the one who carved a pentagram in my chest. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He stole his thunder. He stole his glory. But he still has his chest out. Like, it's just nicely gratuitous. I think you're right. At first, I was like, oh, Mike's doing it again. Just getting it. But no. They obviously, they got him as beefcake. Yeah. Goes to all the campy performances. All right, I gotta take a leak. I'll now be look, back. Right there, you see oh, that? Oh, there thing? it is. It's the Boy Scouts. That yeah, that underneath is a trench. What they have there is it's like they took a wheelbarrow and flipped it upside down and then took off the wheels and put them on the bottom. Oh. And then they push it with, it's on like tracks that the, the Boy Scouts dug a trench and they put like train tracks down there. And so they're pushing it along and they also sort of like stuck dirt on it like a mound and like glued it on or something. So, so it's not Bugs Bunny getting lost on his way to Albuquerque. Right. But it sure looks like it, right? Yeah, it does. It looks like Bugs Bunny. This is like that gopher from uh, Kai Uh-oh. This is a super red. This is like the cheapest special effects they got. 
That's right. And that is, again is uh, because they had like one point something million dollars and then Stephen King took his cut and they had $850, $850,000 left. You see Whoa. how they, pop, yeah, they made it pop up into the air. It's kind of nonsensical. Well, you know, popcorn. I'm sure I believe yeah. Wow. So yeah, look, he stayed Vicky and he's fucking up Malachi. He punches a kid and he's like, you guys have show some shame. I'm an adult here. And now what he starts doing is like talking sense to them. He's like, you think this is God? I mean, God doesn't, you know, any religion that doesn't have love in it, right? It's false. You They're got all holding weapons. Getting scammed. All these kids, like, they've never seen like a weapon before. I got what, you mean the way they don't charge them? Yeah, they just hold it like I don't know what they're doing. Those are a it. bunch of uh, Iowa locals. So yeah. they're, he's he's starting to make sense to them. Like, this isn't a real religion. Think about it. They're telling you to kill people. Something's amiss here. Something's afoot. But he doesn't say it like it's a uh, demon. Right. So look, Malachi tries to get tough, and it's working. But then he overcomes Malachi. And nobody's helping Malachi. Like, things are going right. to flip now. I don't think they know who to believe. Right. Man, they're really fighting. It's a good fight. That was fake. Wow, that was fake. So Ow! what's my motivation? Feel this wind! Just, Feel this wind! Just imagine Mordecai's your son. All right, and let's do it. Roll. I'm Mordecai's dad getting offended on the side of the thing. You're hitting my kid. You're hitting Mike, my you're kid. crazy. You're crazy. This is a film. Oh, no. I mean, like, you got a good chance. Uh... <laughs> now, look, he doesn't kill Malachi, and everyone's like, oh, you mean you did that on purpose? He just, like, yeah, I did he that meant? on purpose. Just yeah, no, I, I meant to miss on purpose. Yeah, yeah, I meant to do that. Who throws a fucking knife at him with the attention to miss? Right? You know he's always a chance you're gonna hit. In the trailer oh. for this movie, the first trailer, they misspelled Stephen King's name. Okay, here was supposed to be a bunch of special effects and you see his skull, but they didn't have the budget. They just put on like Yeah, so they just did that. Also, he's supposed to behead Malachi and drag him by his feet into the corn, but they just couldn't afford it. So he just chokes him to death. Breaks his collarbone. Yeah. Yeah, they cheaped out, but we didn't notice because we didn't know. Stephen yeah. King was at the at the theater going, oh, oh, oh. Right, he's he's lighting cigars with hundred dollar yeah. bills. Yeah. Yeah. Well he, he directed you, Malachi. Maximum Overdrive was shortly thereafter. It was you know, it went from like Carrie, Brian De Palma. It went to like 1980 to Shining. Mm -hmm. It uh, you know, there's Salem's Lot. There's right. like all these. There's Creep Show where he worked with George Romero and he showed up in Night Riders and George Romero. Like there was like some kind of prestige to his films, and then there was a certain point where it was like whatever. Right. And then, like, Pet Cemetery brought it back for two seconds. It was yeah, more was of quality, but that was just lucky. Um, it was, was, was well-directed, that movie. But, yeah, you're right. Like, the, 
But you know, Stephen King, like he he either he just he became a money his, machine. He remakes his own stuff. I'm making my own Shining. Fuck you guys. <laughs> or uh, none of the stories are interesting, or they just keep cranking them out. I don't know. I guess uh, the, the moment has passed, but it was a big deal. Yes, it was a huge industry of his films. Okay, so now they're figuring out that what the preacher was going to do. He was he he reads a quote from Revelation, like way back in eighty. When it first happened, the preacher was reading a quote and they realize it's like the lake of fire. So they're going to burn the cornfield. That's what the guy was going to do. They figure out. So they'll do it, too. And now I think they should use the movie fart and it's lit with the lighter that was gifted to him. Yeah, right. He's going to burn it down with the lighter he got. How, but I he doesn't. He does a Malatov cocktail. Now, he does light it with the lighter, but there's no pomp and cer- ceremony to it. Nobody knows, you know, you missed that it's the lighter he was gifted. Well, that's good. That's subtle filmmaking. Very Mike, subtle. You're crazy, Mike. You're crazy. You just want to contradict me. That's good. I, it's it's good, good. Subtle it's filmmaking. Good. Yeah. It's good that's that right. nobody saw the lighter was the gift. It's good that nobody it's good saw they the spent picture. 10 minutes. It's good that no one found the irony of a doctor having a cigarette right. lighter. This is a just doctor. be bored because you don't put a guy on a crucifix. Health. He could get hurt. So just have a boring film at which everybody stands safe. No, it looked like they did a fine job making sure she wasn't hurt. Oh, there's the <laughs> asinol you were talking. About. Right, this is asinol, and if you've ever lit your fart on fire before, you know that asinol is very expensive. <laughs> you burn your jeans. You're singeing your hair. Okay. First, they got to find the right connector. Hurry up. The wind is blowing. The wind yeah. is blowing. So what's happening is the demon's like now mad at everybody. You know, this guy came along and turned them all against him. So he's going to like have his wrath and pretty much kill everybody. So instead, so he goes, give me a rag. And he rips up and she, he goes, hey, that's not a rag. You know, he's all mad that they yeah. ripped his jacket. That was his clean jib vest in the beginning right. of the movie. Like three and years for ago. the rest of the film, he'll leave it on. Just one arm. What's so straight? <laughs> like Flintstones. Like so when, they, when he killed all the parents, they just said, fuck it. They, they dressed up and he still returns to those clothes. Yeah. Like they, were, they were dressing up. So they're taking the the line of ethanol, of acinol, to the irrigation machine. So instead of water, it's going to squirt acinol all over the cornfield. Oh, man, Carrie Grant should have done that North by Northwest. Would have saved the scene. Now, look. Oh, no, look. The corn comes alive. It is supernatural after all. Right. And this is the only time anything like this will happen in the film. That happens so many times in this film. One trick ponies. If they're doing the Evil Dead too, where all the, all the things come alive. Now, who should save him? But Job comes along and like sickles him out. Oh, good thing I have my Boy Scout knife. Right. Yeah, he doesn't sickle him out. He like pocket knifes him out. But it's very effective. Job has saved him. So now Job becomes with his one vest over his shoulder. He becomes his little partner. Right. Oh, yeah. With the little uh, adventure boy. Okay. This film's budget was originally $1.3 million, but according to the director, Stephen King demanded more payment in advance 
a half a million dollars. So that brought them down to $800 million. But they would go on to make 14.6. Right. Enough for it to, to last. Well, it's a cultural icon, right? There's always a short, short, uh, shorthand when you say children of the corn. Yeah. So now the kid knows how to work it because it was his father's stuff. So he's telling him how to do it. Hit the button on the top. Crank it. Crank it, it, you dumb adult. And then take me out for a milkshake. Right. Here comes the demon. Oh, my God. What the hell is that? It's like they're painting on the cell of the movie. Right. That's right. They just had regular smoke, but they highlighted it with orange, and it was just painted on. All right. Here we go. Here comes the acinols flowing. Corn has many different purposes. Like, it's yeah. not just eating. You can right. use it to burn shit. You get burned. Oh, before oh, no. he gets us, we're going to get him. Throw the off a... cocktail. All right, light it with your lighter. Right. He, it will be the gifted lighter. But he should light the whole thing and say, honey, thank you for my gift. And then light the whole thing with this lighter. They call me Dr. Arson. Right. Okay, so he lights the Molotov cocktail. He throws it, but he misthrows it. And Job says, you idiot! You idiot adult! So Job runs out there to go get it. No, don't! Why? You already fucked it up, didn't you? Oh, Uh, Bugs Bunny. Look how good it is. I know. it's It's a nice approach because this whole time it's like, well... These kids are psycho. They're they're crazy. There's a preacher, a kid preacher, and then it's like, yeah, and there's supernatural elements, and there is a demon. It's yeah, it's kind of weird because the demon is more than they're making him like a physical thing all of a sudden. Remember how before he he controlled dreams and he okay, so throw it, you dumb adults. So he throws it, and this time it hits, and everything burns. Wow. That's kind of fun to shoot. Don't you think it would have been better if he, like, missed the Molotov cocktail just like that? So he used his lighter. He risked his life to go where the gas was. And Bart. Thank you for my gift, Bert. No, Bert. I'm pretending to be scared. I'm acting unscared, adult. Look, she did never get a lighter. The, the wound is healed up. The face long scrape. Now you see there her her cleavage. Uh huh. They didn't have enough budget to give. So her they couldn't cleavage. afford to, uh, a cleavage because because Stephen King took a lar- half a million dollars out of her cleavage. Okay, this it's ending now. All right, it, it, this will kill you. the demon. I don't know why. I don't believe you. Seems <laughs> pretty. Movie busy. never ends. There's eleven sequels. This movie won't end. So I guess, like, the cornfield was the source of the evil. Look, it's... it's, it's oh, yeah. It's They're painting the cell. Yeah. Look, there's his face. I'm cranky. Zip, 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 zip. Now he goes down to hell. You've beaten him. My God. They do that special effect at the end of the movie, so you can't ask for a refund. Now, when the movie ended... The director said, no, no, it's not good enough. We need one more scare, one more scare. And that's how this scene was born, never written by either Stephen King or Will Smith. 
there's a dead body in the trunk. They, they forgot all about it. They're not even going to mention it in this scene. This shit in their trunk, and they're like, we're, we're going to start the car anyway, right? No, they're like, well, our car's all fucked up. We're going to have to walk. So then he's like, get the map. So he goes in there to get the map. Now, I expected... Well, I'll just wait a couple seconds. Yeah. Oh, this movie's not going to end. You you (laughs) can go ahead. All right. (laughs) There's going to be another scare, and then it's like, we're going to walk 20 miles to Herberbergsaberg. And what do we do with the kids? Like, I guess we'll keep them for now. So, like, we'll keep them for a day. No, we'll keep Uh, them for a week. These kids are so cute. They just went through the biggest trauma in my lifetime. Right. Like, yeah. Everything's fine with this one jacket. One jacket. Yeah. Best. Weird. So he's like, I expected the film to go, listen, why don't we just keep them forever? If you'll marry me, you know, that would have been a nice wrap up to the film. But no. And she said, if you give up being your dreams of being a doctor. Oh, it's Rebecca. Last scare with the sickle, just like Ooh, the poster. Children, like the poster. Oh. And she misses after all that. He went in the car to, to get some Tic Tacs, right? Oh, out cold. That's all it took. A map. They did have, a, they had big red Wrigley's gum. <laughs> It's going to be a long walk. We better get some Wrigley's. Well, this is like, we have two minutes before this movie ends. Just hit her with a car door and she'll go, she'll pass out immediately. Right. The end. There's no music playing, by the way. Their oh, music just the credits. At first, they start the credits without music. It's weird. Okay, great. The end. Carl, what do you think of this movie? Um, I think it was okay for the budget they had. I think that I think that they did a lot of weird things, though. I don't know. I didn't hate it. And I saw it as a kid, and he goes, they want, he wants you, Malachi. I was freaked out, I guess, as a high schooler. But that really scared me. Yeah, I mean, this movie is, I mean, I've heard so much about it. It was fine. It was a lot of stuff crammed in there. Yeah. I don't know. It was, uh, for for a story published in a 1977 Hustler, I thought it was pretty good. (laughs) All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our Stephen King adaptation movie. Uh, probably the first for us after five years of doing I this. I think, yes. Yeah. And uh, there's maybe we could do Children of the Corn 2, Children of the Corn 3, Children of the Corn 4, Children of the Corn 5, Mike, Children of the Corn 666. Mike, don't. 666. No, oh, my God. Not Children of the Corn. We're done with this franchise. All right. No more Children of the Corn, but we will be back next Sunday here on Meet Radio. We'll be airing first at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Make a habit of it. Check out what's really happening before us at noon next week. And we'll be posting this on YouTube. We'll be posting this uh, as a podcast. And we'll be back next week. Next week's movie, Carl. Yes. Running Out of Luck from 1987. Of Luck. Another 80s movie. Is there a trailer? Yeah, I believe so. Let me go ahead and uh, check here. Where's my phone here? Where's my PlayStation controller? Okay, so running out of luck. The less I say about it, the better. That's all I'm going to say. I'm trying not to say anything about this. Sailor, running out of luck, 1987. Okay. It's Mick Jagger. Oh, oh, did I mention that? No, I guess I did. Um, 
okay, there's English German trailer. Oh, well, you know German, right? So you could help us. In in college, I took two years of German. I do not know German. I always okay, thought so your family spoke German. And you were just my fighting. father, when my father was in his 40s, he discovered that he was German. So he learned, you know, like he, he always knew he's German, but he finally cared. Uh, and so he started learning German and he did become fluent. Okay, so it's two hours and six minutes, Mike. No, no, it's not. An hour and a half. Okay. So we're going to use VHS Trailer Park. Okay, I got to get to it. Oh, I see it, right. Okay, so we're going to watch the trailer. I'm going to blast it as loud as I can. This is Mick Jagger in Running Out of Time. Uh, running out, running of out, luck. out of Luck. Running Out of Luck trailer. And then parentheses 1987 English. Trailer, VHS Trailer Park. Is our is, channel. Is our channel. Uh, let's do the countdown in three, two, one. Go. Oh, I have a second. Time. I'm uh, Mick Jagger. Uh, Mickey. Mickey Jagiro. Mickey. Uh, very famous rock star. I'm Mickey Jagger. Oh, my God, I'm him. Mick Jagger is Spider. It's German. I'm broke. Jerry Hall is Stinksauer. Jerry Hall. Ray Donald is the Fuhrmann. Oh! Tommy Chong's daughter. There's only one star on my set, and that's me! Mein Aufgang der Dinge geworden gebaut. Oh, this song. This is his solo record. I guess he celebrated with the full length movie. Yeah. Das ist nur Ausschnitt mir. All right, I'm losing interest. Oh, I lost interest. Oh, yeah, you don't have to watch it four times. Oh, yeah, no, I can't even watch the trailer. Yeah, let's do the switcheroo. All right, I'm happy to do switcheroo. No, no, that's not going to serve our audience well. Well, we're still watching the trailer. This is Running Out of Luck with Mick Jagger. It's directed by the great Julian Temple. This is probably not in a great category, but uh, it, it went directly, it, it, it popped up a few years ago and actually kqed had a great article about it uh from 2017 so this is kind of a rediscovered cult movie it went straight to video it's a full-length movie with mick jagger playing himself and we'll be watching that next week with you carl thank you so much uh for researching watching uh children of the corn for four times and doing all the research and writing the music and producing the uh community countdown uh it's just fantastic Grassy ass. Yeah. Uh, grassy ass. And with grassy ass to our audience for being here and for subscribing and maybe giving money to Media Radio, but we love when you subscribe and not listen. We just love the numbers. So keep it up. Uh, and we'll be back next week. So we'll see you then. Bye. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch.
11 underscores. You know, I love going to restaurants downtown, turning your frown around, and like everybody, falls countdown. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to crumba. Now let's watch a full-length movie. to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? Hey, Mike. Good to see you. Thank you for... I'm happy to be back here and ready to watch a great film together with you on YouTube. Well, that is the premise of our acronym. We are a podcast. We are a live streaming. Premium. That is, if you're alive, you could stream this first on mutinyradio.fm, where we are on right now. As we are every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go ahead, type in mutinyradio.fm, check out the station, and on Sunday at 2 p.m. PST, go ahead and hit play. We're also a podcast, audio, L W A F L M O Y T, that's our acronym. And most importantly, we have a YouTube channel. We want to watch a full length movie with you. We are going to find a movie on YouTube and we're going to watch it with the sound off. You're going to watch the movie with us. Yeah. And you're going to listen to our podcast at the same time. Unless, of course, you're watching the video. Hello, we have a movie to present to you. That's really exciting, Carl. I'm really excited. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and don't forget, 
Mutiny Radio has a lot of great stuff. So when you go to mutinyradio.fm, not only you can figure out a way to channel that station, check out our archive, you can also donate. Hit the donate button or go to Venmo and donate money to at Mutiny Radio. Carl, what is the movie today? Today we will watch Saturn 3 1980. Isn't that easy to put in the search engine of YouTube? Saturn, then the number three, okay. and then 1980. And I spell out 1980. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. It All is right. numerically, right, you don't even need Roman numerals. It is 1980. Hey, right. well, gang. 43-year-old movie, Saturn 3 from 1980 is on YouTube and we're gonna watch it. So go ahead, type in Saturn three, the number, and then of course, 1980. And Carl, who is hosting our movie? Well, I just caught it here, I looked it up. It is video for you to see. Now you'll only find one thing, so I'm not gonna tell you the cool way they wrote for you to see, but because oh. when you get there, that will be for you to see. I'm not yeah. telling you. Very Prince-like. Okay, so videos for you to see is hosting the movie we're going to be watching, Saturn 3. We want you to click the link. The movie's going to play. There's no ads. I didn't get an ad. No, Just get pause. I didn't get an ad. And then move the timer back to zero, zero, zero. When you hear go, we want you to hit play with us, and we'll start the movie. That sounds complicated. Don't worry. We'll give you a couple minutes to get yourself set up because we have a special feature coming up. The go is going to be said by none other than a celebrity comedian carl not only produces the show wrote this theme song and syncs up the video he's went out of his way to talk to a celebrity comedian carl take it away good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to celebrity countdown this time with nick kina welcome nick hi everybody now this segment is usually titled Celebrity Comedian Countdown, but with you, it's just Celebrity Countdown because you, sir, make your living at music. This is almost unheard of. You don't have some day job, you're a music guy. Tell me how you fell into that. Was that your lifelong goal? Tell me how you arrived here. You know, it was never like, I wouldn't say it was a lifelong goal. For a long time, I wanted to be a Ghostbuster. Um, and then, you know, I, you got to grow up. I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I guess I'll be a mechanic or something. I don't know. I had a bunch of, I had a bunch of crappy jobs when I was younger. Um, but music's always been around. My father's a musician and all his brothers are musicians as well. So there was always, there was always music around the house and I couldn't go a day without hearing at least three or four Led Zeppelin tunes in the background. My dad, nice. my dad is a rabid Zeppelin fan and that, that's something that we all kind of inherited uh, <laughs> through the years, we just all became Zep fans. But I started going to his to his gigs uh, when I was about 13 years old, 13, 14 years old. He, he started letting me come to some of his gigs that were at, like, nicer places. He played sure. he, he played some spots that were pretty rough that, you know, you know he wouldn't, you know, he, he was scared to go. They were paying right. him to be there, though. So, but, you know, I would sit at the bar and I would drink root beer and I would, and I would kind of be like a third bass coach. And mm -hmm. I, he, he would look at me, and I would tell him if, like, the guitar was too loud. I would, I would go, and, like, you know, give, give big, awesome. big, giant hand gestures to tell him what needs to get fixed. And then he would walk up to the board and, you know, just make those little minor adjustments. And, and that got, that's, that's the first time I kind of, I, the, that first moment, I was like, wow, this is, this is a cool job. This is something <laughs> that's fun. And then, yeah. I started, I, and then I started playing 
the bass because my father's a bass player. It's what we had in the house. So I started playing in bands and, you know, working my way up to becoming a front man. I was always like, you know, in, like, um, you know, I played harmonica. I'd sing some backup vocals, but I wasn't the front man. And then slowly but surely, I just kind of became that front man. And I started running open mic nights when I was uh, 21. And it was just so much fun. It was such a blast just because you, know, you get all different types of people that come in. You know, some people that are absolutely fantastic and they're looking for a gig. And then you get your, you get your weekend warrior type guys. The, oh, my kids all left the house and I can finally play the guitar again. Nice. You get a lot of those fellas too. And they're great too. But like you meet all these really sweet, sweet people that all, you know, share the same interest and the same love of, of, the, of, of music. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, music is, is to, in my opinion, it's the last real form of magic. Mm-hmm. Because special effects have ruined our eyes. Like we know, CGI. yeah. Like we know that CGI. It looks so good, but you yep. know that CGI. But you play a song, and and you can absolutely transport someone to a different time and place, yeah. and a different feeling, and you, and you can really make someone, you know, feel something. Whether you're yeah. trying, whether you're trying to or not, whether you like, whether you meant to, you know, you know, I, I a few a few gigs ago. I did a song by Bob Dylan to make you feel my love. It's a beautiful song. It's one of his most covered. And this really sweet couple, they were sitting at the table with their two kids, and they just they stood up and started dancing, slow dancing to this song. And then when they finished, the the, the wife's got a tear coming down her face. And she, really? She said, "That's our wedding song." Holy cow! That's and next, great. And, and next week's our anniversary. And I was like, "Oh, right." So I got to, you know, and there was just this beautiful magic. Moment. I didn't know they were going to be there. I didn't know that. It's just this, this magical moment. And, and, mm-hmm. and like in that moment, he grabs her hand and they stand up and they start dancing. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. That's really nice. I guess they like this song. And then they told me their whole life story. It was really, you know, <laughs> it was really nifty. So, and now you've, like, um, you mentioned the bass, right? And I know you're mm-hmm. all about the guitar, but you're also playing this great mandolin. It's, How did it, you fall into that? It's it's actually it's called the bazooki. It's, uh, it's okay. a Greek. It's like a Greek mandolin. The technical term would be octave mandolin. It just has a longer neck, uh, so it's got a lower a lower resonance, um, and it's just got a really beautiful tone. And a friend of it mine, went, a friend of mine, went to Greece in like 2000. I want, I want to say 2005. She went to Greece and she she had bought it for her her then boyfriend. And then when she got back to uh, from Greece, uh, they broke up. Long story mm-hmm. short, mm-hmm. and she 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 gave it to me under the, and the the promise was he's never allowed to touch it again. And she gave it to me, and, and you I, saw I, to it, and I held up my end of the deal. <laughs> but it's just such a I don't know. I, I never actually learned to play. A, a standard six-string guitar. It's not. It's not something I learned to play. I started on on bass, and then a little bit of slide guitar. Then mandolin fell in my lap, and then the bazooki fell in my lap. And the bazooki was great because I've got I've got kind of fat fingers, and getting in between the frets on a mandolin's a little tricky. The, the the frets are very close together, but the bazooki's got a longer neck, and the frets are spread out a bit more. So it just it was like this is built for me, yeah. and it really was. I can't believe all the smoke on my face. <laughs> That's yeah, what happens not, when you smoke. Yeah, my apologies to everyone on the left coast. We still smoke <laughs> over here. <laughs> but um, but now yeah, also I, you you have this looping 
uh, it's uh, something yeah. that a lot of people are doing. Yeah, you do it with the mandolin, but it's not called a mandolin. It's a bazooki. Yeah. You do, you do. Yeah. So this technology fell in your lap, and you really take advantage of it. Yeah. Well, during lockdown, it became kind of it became more and more clear that I wasn't going to be having any gigs with my band anytime soon. So the thought of I'm going to have solo gigs, a, a lot of solo gigs in my future, came came to you know came to be like absolute fact. So I went out and bought this loop pedal, and uh, they make and they make, they make, this is a pretty neat one. I can hook a microphone up to it and get a little beat going, and you know build the song in the moment, which is a lot of fun. And um, there's a great musician. Uh, I've been a fan of his work for God, like almost almost 25 years. I've been following this guy's career. His name's Keller Williams, just like the real estate company, but this guy's way cooler. Uh -huh. um, but he 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 works with a loop pedal, and he was working with loop pedals back in the day he was one of the first musicians i i've ever became aware of that was a solo act working with loop pedals and this one guy on stage would get the entire entire arena or entire auditorium or, or, or theater wherever he was playing everybody's dancing and it's just one guy up there yeah it's a it's really an amazing show but you know i'm nowhere near his caliber but uh you know i just started kind of playing with it and building songs and having fun with it and and just having fun with it, and that's that's the main point of what I do. Is if I'm not having fun up there, nobody. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and, the, and the same could be said for all all aspects of entertainers. Even if even if you're giving a a, a, a Shakespeare soliloquy and you're and you're pouring your heart out and you're crying in the moment, you better be having fun. Or or you know, it's not going to be translate exactly exactly. So you know, that's that's just the thing. Like I've had I've had plenty of crappy jobs, but about. Oh, a little over ten years ago, I uh, I got laid off from from my last real job, uh -huh. delivering car parts, and I got laid I got laid off because I was you know I got fired because I was always late because I had I had gigs every night. So I, when I got fired, I just was like, all right, well, screw it, I'm just gonna start playing more shows because I was I looked at it like I was making I was making crappy money at this day job, mm -hmm. and I knew if I if I knew if I just worked five nights a week and played five shows a week at least. That I could make as much, if not more, than what I was making at the car part at the car part shop, and and it, and it turned out I was right. Yeah, and I, you know, instead of making like after taxes, I'm making like a hundred and four dollars a day. Yeah, working working a nine hour shift, I'm making at least a hundred and eighty dollars, two hundred dollars for working for three four hours. Mm. I mean, the math just you know, <laughs> the math sells the whole thing. You know, not to say you know. Everyone could do this because I don't know. No, but it takes a special individual, and that is you, my man. Now, the way we met each other was you're doing these music open mics. Now, it's always yep. been my philosophy that, and Vin Vitali, our good friend together, was a part of this. It's always been my philosophy that, like, you go to a comedy open mic, and that's okay and everything, but it is a sea of comedians. And I'm doing real gigs, you know, at Scotty's every weekend. I'm going off to other places like Kentucky and Delaware. Got to be in front of real people. So the way to do that is go to a music open mic. None of them are comedians, you know. So I want to thank you for allowing me and my friends to get up there. You know, I really appreciate it. We're not doing music, and you say it's fine. I love it. It it, it, it it breaks up the show a little bit to have to, to pepper in a couple comics. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've always been a fan of, of, of comedy. I've, I've gone to shows at Caroline's and, you know, uh, which I hear is closing. 
Yes, it is closed. That's a bummer. That's a yeah, bummer. I, saw, I saw Louie there a couple times. When he uh -huh. came, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, in the late 90s, I snuck in. But uh, that's, you know, I've always been a fan of stand-up comedy. And, go, and I've been to uh, stand-up open mic nights as, just, as, just as a, you know, as a patron. Mm -hmm. and, and, I've, and I've watched, I've watched comics bomb yes. in, at, at an open mic in front of other comedians and it's like yeah. it's like it's like that one drop of blood in the water and all the sharks <laughs> smell it circle mm -hmm. and and it's funny to see and like and, and i know it's part of the process and it's just the way comics work and the way comics think and react i, I, I love it <laughs> but the way we react at, at at my open mics at music open mic nights if a guy bombs you don't boo you don't and you don't make fun of him yeah. You just let them, you let them know, I mean, you'll you'll get them next time. You know? Yeah, that's right. You'll get them next time, buddy. You know, we're it's it's my open mics, music open mics, in, inherently are are more like they're more like group therapy for musicians yeah. Yeah. with a cash bar. <laughs> the best way I can describe them. But the, you know, we just get together and we we talk about we talk about music. We talk about our equipment. We do, you know, we're just big nerds. Everyone thinks musicians are cool. We're not cool. Yeah, we're no. just, we're just giant nerds that ha that happen to do something that chicks like. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to get to your podcast and plug that. Now it's called You Good. That's it is. what it's, it's called. called. You Good. And now it's, it's Y A. Yep. Good question mark. Now, what is this podcast about? How can people find it? You can find it on SoundCloud. Um, and follow our, There's a Facebook page as well uh, called You Good Podcast, and it's um. It's it's basically we, me and my friend Dylan Jacobus. We started this podcast to just kind of uh, again, kind of just uh, like do what we do at open mic nights and talk shop uh, and talk about the music scene in, in North Jersey, like like Jersey, but kind of specifically North Jersey. Um, just that's because where I'm. I'm uh, but uh, it's music based. It's all about it music. Is, okay. It is primarily music based, but we do we do go off topic. I know that. Uh, We've got a uh, we've got a couple of uh, shows that are coming up that are like the like we're going to do like a top ten list of annoying sounds. Okay. And that, and and some of those answers are definitely going to be music based, but some of those answers are not music based because yeah. one of the like one of my least favorite sounds in the world is when you uh, when you when a car starts up and the belt squeaks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Just, oh, just fix it. Just fix it already. Just just yeah. fix it. It's a cheap, it's a $20 belt. Just fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's one that bugs me is when uh, the Windows makes that sound like you screwed up. You know what I'm talking oh. about? <laughs> and sometimes you do something that you don't consider a screw up, and Windows is like, bang, and it's right through the Windows. <laughs> that is an annoying sound. When you're like, okay, when so I'm, if I'm in the middle of mixing something or, or um, you know, editing the podcast or whatever, and like all of a sudden we get like 40 prompts about the mouth, like our antivirus that I right. haven't updated because the computer works offline. I don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're safe anyway. Yeah. So it's called You Good. Yep. Y A Good question mark. Yep. And we're looking at, to find it on SoundCloud, but there's also a Facebook group. Yeah, uh, the fa there's a Facebook page, um, page. And, and every time when, whenever an episode drops, we share it on. The, we'll, we'll share the link on Facebook. Okay. Um, it's it's a small podcast. We're just starting it out. Um, we've only we we we've only been doing it consistently for like the past like two months. We took a long break after my kid was uh -huh. born. Um, 
because yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, well, you, you know just as well as I do, buddy. When when <laughs> you know, when when you start building that family, you got to start shifting your things around. And make everything busy. Fit. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Things go on hold. My uh, music career went on hold uh, when that happened. You know, uh, and I, you know, when they got older, I came back to it. But I ended up in comedy. But I want to plug your EP now. You have uh, an EP out there. It's called. I've been called worse, which is a great title. Now, now it's an EP because it's short. And where can people find it? Tell me about it. And we, uh, you can find it pretty much wherever you can uh, you know, stream music from. It's available on all platforms. Uh -huh. um, and, iTunes uh, and SoundCloud. ITunes, SoundCloud. And... Uh, I believe it's on YouTube as well. Okay. If you, if you type in Nick Kena, I've been called worse. I believe it still I've pops been up. Called worse. Um, yeah, and. Uh, this is kind of what the album cover looks like. <laughs> well, I see the vinyl behind you there, yeah. just like I have vinyl. I bet you some Led Zeppelin is in there, of course. Well, I have, I have, I have every studio album, and uh, the song remains the same. The the film soundtrack. I I also have a forty five of Hey Hey What Can I Do. Very nice, so perfect. That's a rare find. I got that for Look a quarter at a, at a garage sale. I got that. I got that forty five for a quarter at a garage sale. Blew my mind. A quarter? They didn't know what they were they selling. No idea what they had. And it's what's it's on the, the flip? What's on the flip? It's the it's the B side actually. The A side is immigrant song. Oh, hey, what a great collection! That those and are two great songs. So when when well when 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 Zeppelin three came out, Atlantic Records said we want we want to put out a single. Led Zeppelin said no, we don't do singles. And Atlantic went and did it anyway. They yeah. took Immigrant Song, and then they grabbed Hey, Hey, What Can I Do off the shelves and put it together. And that that's actually kind of what the last straw was, which that's the like that that's one of the arguments that led Zeppelin, led led, led Zeppelin <laughs> to uh to forming their own label because they, they were losing autonomy uh, uh -huh. at, at Atlantic yeah. and they didn't have control over their product. And right. So yeah, so and and, and just, just like Led Zeppelin does, <laughs> they wanted to be just like them. I, uh, <laughs> this, this EP was self-produced, uh, well, not self-produced. I like, you know, like, but I, you know, no label or nothing. Me, me and Dylan Jacobus, uh, Connor Larkin, uh, Victor Phillips on, uh, he's my, he's, uh, a great producer, uh, and, uh, and Sean Farrelly, a uh, fantastic drummer. We put this together during lockdown and actually a lot of what was recorded was recorded, um, like a lot of what ended up on the final product I recorded in a, in a, in a pantry, during lockdown, mm -hmm. I was stuck. I was stuck in Pittsburgh with my now fiance uh, during the first few months of lockdown, and we wanted to get some work done. But I had no equipment with me, just just my bazooki and my and my songbook. But I also had I had my tablet and I had my cell phone. So I I I, I kind of just jury rigged a coat rack to hold up my uh, my tablet down here and my phone up up about, about head level. And I sat in, I, I stood in, in this, in this pantry with the door closed and a yoga mat over my head to soundproof mm -hmm. it. Looked, right. I, looked, I must've looked like a really, like really normal guy. But, uh, <laughs> and I recorded a lot of my vocals and, and some of the bazooki in that, in that pantry sent it back to Jersey and they, and they were, so they were working on, and Vic, Victor, Victor, oh, especially he was working on producing mm -hmm. a lot of it while it was still stuck in Pittsburgh. And then I got back into Jersey, and then and then we went into the studio. We went to a, a original music school of Morristown, which has some pretty cool recording studios as well. And uh, and we just me and the boys just banged out what, what was left. And sounds good. And, and then we put it out. But yeah, it's just it was it was not your it was not the way a a, a typical uh, <laughs> album gets put out. 
No. <laughs> I've been called worse. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, Nick Kina. Everyone at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. Right so on. everyone at home, they've got to press play at the same time as we do here in the studio. And that's what you're here for. So why don't you go ahead, Nick Kina, and give us that celebrity countdown. Oh, wait, hang on, look at this. What's the movie? The movie is called Saturn 3. It's from 1980. Now, this stars Farrah Fawcett, and it's got... Um, uh, Kirk Douglas and uh, I forget. The, yeah, it's it's like a science fiction uh, film, and it's from the seventies. It it was filmed in seventy eight, seventy nine, even though it was released in nineteen eighty. It's right after Star Wars, so you see a lot of Star Wars influence in it. <laughs> I it love it's it Harvey Keitel, Harvey Keitel, uh, Harvey Keitel is, and Kirk oh Douglas. Oh my god, I'm watching. <laughs> And there's a crazed robot. You know, everyone's going to love this film. It's not the best film, but they're going to enjoy watching it with us. I bet they will. I bet they will. This sounds this sounds like a real stinker, and I can't wait. Yes, right. <laughs> okay, now, Nick Kina. Okay. Everyone at home, they are poised to watch this film same time we do in the studio. They got to press play same time. So why don't you go ahead, Nick Kina, and right, give us you. that Celebrity Countdown. Thanks so much for having me, Carl. Keep kindness in your hearts and on your minds. Three, two, one, go! Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, and thank you, Weird Beginning Movie. Oh, I want to thank that Celebrity Comedian. I haven't heard it yet, but it was fantastic. It oh, was just the best ones. This turn is the, the logo for Ghost. It is up, dude. Go ahead. Turn it up. Go ahead. It is. It's hot. Mike Green is giving me no music. There's no music going on. Yeah, that's my joke. There is no music in the beginning. We're going to get some music in a minute. Carl, I have it at 100. Now, look how this was. This was a 1980s for two-second font, right? Right. Right at the beginning of the 1980s. For the first three months, you would see a book in this title. You would see... You know, it didn't last for some reason. What was it, like, Dreamscape was 1980? The Nude Bomb with Maxwell Smart? It was a weird year, 1980, yeah. for movies. Yeah. A lot of weird movies came out that year. Reagan just arrived. We still had Carter on our brain. You could tell the clothing is, like, the 70s. Well, I do like that Farrah Fawcett has top billing of this Kirk Douglas movie. Yeah. Now, it's shot in 78, by the way. So everything we're going to see on the screen was the late 70s. But this is 1980 when it releases. And her name is first, even though she it shouldn't be, but she was the more famous person. This is pretty good for for non-computer graphics. Now, Star Wars had come out. Everybody knew it. Right. And right now we're going to get, is it an homage to Star Wars or is it like we better do this because that's what people expect in space movies now? Well, you want to set the stage. You want to show the vastness of space, the planet that is set, and then humanity's uh, technology. Yeah, improvement. Like, look how advanced we are. Yeah. Now you should hear music. Okay. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Mike, turn I can hear it. I, I'm turning up this. I gotta lower the sound. I can hear it. What? Mike, turn the sound down so we can see if the sound goes up. Turn up the sound. Okay. Okay, so. 
Um, there is Star Wars, which I'm calling Episode One because that's chronological. The New Hope, which it wasn't called. Yes, it was in the beginning credits. This it was, was the scene. It was a blank thing of space, and then over it went that Star Destroyer. That's exactly what they did. You sure. know, live, frame for frame. Well, wasn't that like Alien and Red Dwarf? I guess Red Dwarf was being playful. They always have the space model they want to show off at the beginning. Yeah. You know, well, you got to set the stage. But isn't this whole movie is like a sexy robot just kill, chases after Kirk Douglas in the, in the space station? That's a good guess. It is not that. But yes, that is it. <laughs> okay. It's not that. But you're so close. You just missed the nail. Right? Your next me- swing, you're going to hit it. So I always, I was telling Carl that I get this movie mixed up with, of course, Capricorn One, which is when uh-huh. they faked the moon landing, and that was directed with O.J. Simpson, and it was directed by Peter Hyam, who's. But this Stanley Nonin is, is he singing in the rain, Carl? Yeah, he's the director for Singing in the Rain, which he co-did with um, uh, Gene, Gene Kelly? Kelly. Yeah, he did two with Gene Kelly. He uh, was, he did one called On the Town in 1949. Isn't that the one with Frank Sinatra? New York, New York. Or no, that's Anchors. Yeah, I think so. And there there was that the one where they're like a navy ship and they were docked in New York for the weekend. Right. Yeah, they got a weekend. I can't tell if that's Anchors Away or I think it's on the town. That's right. a great movie. Anchors Away, I think, was a song in uh you know, wash that man right out of my hair. Oh, Why yeah, are we yeah, talking right. about this? Never mind. Okay, oh, so we're in space. Here we, yes, now we are space-faring, faring, civilization. Space-faring, yes. I like and that. Because we're by Saturn now, that's pretty fucking far. Okay, so I have no idea why this guy does it, but he murders this his captain and steals, like, a cylinder, which I'll just give away because we spoiled things here, which is going to okay. end up being a robot. Okay, but I don't know why he does it. He's stealing a cylinder, which will become a robot, like a robot yes. cylinder. Right. So here's the captain, and he's running into the locker room where he stored his cylinder. Okay. Okay. Doesn't make any sense. Right. Look the at this 1970s game. gym. <laughs> well, it's the future. They just everything is in buttons. Yes. Here is my cylinder, because it's right. laughing gas. <laughs> Look at my no, briefcase, because and and no, you know, papers. Space. Right now, who's this guy? He goes, "Hey, so I heard you failed the mental exam. Tough break, buddy." <laughs> this dude hey. starts going for the airlock. Right. Yeah. 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 After you tell him you lost your mental case. Right. And he goes, no, no, don't react negatively to my comment and push the button and kill me. Go ahead, turn it up. (laughs) He's gripping on to the 70s. The 70s gym benches aren't going to save you in deep space. They're not. Whoops, slice. Yes. Look at that. Does it make a noise, bro? That was cut from other versions because it was like considered so disgusting. When I saw it, it looked like such a not human body that I didn't even. It's flinch. the only interesting thing I saw. I never seen a body get sliced in space. You saw it going out there. You said, "Oh, he's going to get sliced," and they sliced him. 
Hey, no running in the space lobby. Hey, no run, no running in the space. No, see, that's supposed to be cool because it's upside down, but it's lost on me the first time I ever saw this film. Zero gravity. So they think he's the captain, and he is now oh, getting into the captain pod. They didn't tell that this captain's ass looks a lot better now. Like it could be someone else. <laughs> yeah, they didn't notice. It fit though. Okay. I was just buggy. admiring your pleasure center. Don't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Just kidding. All right. Now that's their symbol. You see on the wall. That'll be on yeah. their jackets and stuff. We are a space barring. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We we going pretty far, Saturn. Yeah. Oh, so is this? This isn't like NASA. This is like a private corporation. No, I think it's like a NASA. It's bugging out. What I mean to say is, it's, there isn't really corporate. Uh, Earth is like starving, and they have this this base on Saturn which is just clouds okay it's on the third yeah. moon of saturn that's why it's called saturn three where they're like oh. growing experimental food okay and that's where he's headed not once are we going to make a, a prequel joke or a sequel joke or because i haven't seen saturn one or two <laughs> it's the third moon the first moon of uh saturn is just a dead rock it's just a dead rock the second moon of Saturn has dancing girls and there's like, it's sort of like Miami <laughs> in space. There's, there's, I never uh, leave that one. You can gamble. There's like a casino thing and no, but Saturn three, they're coming up with food for earth, like no. experimental foods that they could grow on Earth's shitty environment. What if the moons hit the rings? Oh, moons ever, ever yeah. like hit the rings? No, they're because basically. the way it's, it, it's in a locked thing now. Gravity yeah, fucked okay. with it, and it got into a locked thing. So no, the moons will never bump the... He's riding in the, the rings right now. Right, isn't it cool? Yeah, look, there's no rock right in front of him. It's a Sioux sailing. Well, because it's the rings, you see. You see how he sort of like went underwater? He's really going into yeah. a cloud. He was going through the Saturn's ring. Now, now, Star Wars had come out and it had changed everything. And people doing space movies knew they had to fucking do space. They can't fuck right. around with strings and shit. The audience is sophisticated now. They want to well, see... Well, you talk about, this is still 1977. Alien came out in 79. And that was like a haunted house in outer space movie, right? Where they're trapped in a haunted house and there's a monster yeah, chasing yeah. them. So yeah, and they... they they likened this to Alien, to which this um, Donnan director was like, no, 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 no. Uh, you know. Um, We're more Star Wars. Well, he, excuse me, hold on one minute. Um, there's this guy named Barry. Yeah, John Barry. John Barry wrote the story. He was like, no, 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 no. John Barry thought this up like year, like 76 or some bullshit. Right. Okay, now. But it's, yes. He, Go ahead and ask your question because I can hold up on the. Oh no, I was just saying that so far in my mind, I feel like this movie is a alien type movie where there's a guy trapped in a space station with a killer robot. Yes, that is what's kind of going on here. But, but the thing is, Alien had 
the suspense and edge of your seat like a Hitchcock that this doesn't right. have. This does not have that. Now, well, what about? Also, um, oh, sorry, Carl. Go ahead. No, it's just there's not supposed to be any atmosphere, and we're seeing gas. It doesn't make sense. But you were saying, go ahead. No, there's another uh, science fiction movie with Sam Neill. Like it's in outer space, and uh, there's like demons in outer space, and it's an abandoned spaceship. I don't remember the name. Oh, of the movie. everyone loves yes. that film. Yes, it was an abandoned spaceship, right? And and it's one. It's like the port of hell. And then there's like Solaris, which is like a guy goes off in outer space. So it was a Russian movie, and then a George yeah, Clooney movie. Like a, it isn't a reincarnation. It's like somebody stole him or something. He got yeah, mad. like yeah, creepy. Yeah. What was that haunted one? I can see it in my mind. In my mind too. It. Yeah, floating around. Right. Extreme <laughs> blood measure. No, I know what it is. It's it's from the director of. Uh, oh God! Look at the good Mortal space. Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Movie. Okay, so two spacemen who live on the food place welcome this person from the head of their organization. And okay. without any question, now, like I said before, I don't know why he killed the captain to come here because he is here on per like their production is down, so they want he wants to give them a robot to help with production. And it, unfortunately, I mean, one of them will get retired, but it will up production and, you know, Earth can eat, that kind of thing. Right. So why kill the captain and be like, I'm going down there to give it to them, not you. <laughs> Didn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Oh, Harvey Keitel. But his voice is overdubbed. Now check out this chick. Wait, what? Really? We should listen to that. Hey, okay. Flara. <laughs> Flara Flossett? No, no, Flara it's Flossett. I want to hear Harvey Cartel. Hi. Well, we won't talk for a little while. Sorry. I'll tell All you right. what. Oh, what was that movie? Um, I remember on South Park, they parodied it. There were two oh, spaceships. Dear. One was like an all-night party house, and the other one was haunted. <laughs> it was like the Ron Don John and the John Don Ron, something like that. You know, you I was that? looking at the movies he wrote, not the movies he directed. Event Horizon for 1997. Oh, no, I... Event okay. Horizon. It's got, so you, listen... it's got to be that, but there wasn't there another one with the Jurassic Park guy was called Event Horizon? It's gotta I think be that was it. Yeah, it's got to be. It, it was like, hey, there's a ship out there, and we're getting a distress signal, but it's abandoned, and we go over there, and the demons of hell are showing you your past, Carl. And they're like, what? <laughs> oh, no. How'd you know? Okay, now like you'll pretty. talk. All right. Uh, why Why would they do that? Is he a robot, Harvey? Uh, no, the reason they did it is because he has a Brooklyn accent. He has a Brooklyn accent. And he has a Brooklyn accent, so boo-hoo. Yeah. Well, in post-production, the director was like, this will never work. So he gave him like a mid-Atlantic accent that was sort of upper class. Uh, that way he could 
I don't know. It just served better the purpose of his film, he claims. But but Harvey like, Keitel, the, the actor himself, redubbed himself. No, he refused to. Harvey Keitel really hated the director, and they fought on set. And so when it was in post-production, he's like, Oh, hi. Hello, Harvey. Tell oh. me, are you free on Friday? No, I'm not. Oh, that Brooklyn accent of yours. Listen, <laughs> would you please come to the studio? No, I will not. Hang up. I'm sorry. I, I, I've, it must be the brawl of your Brooklyn accent, but I, I could mistakenly hear you say, no, I will not. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, it when it came, um, Sarah Fawcett got $750,000 to do this, and, and Harvey Keitel got ninety. So, like, right away, it's like, what the fuck? You know? She's top billing, and he's not. He's underneath uh, uh, Kirk Douglas. Yes, he is underneath Kirk Douglas, which often Parafossic will be in this film. <laughs> did, did you get oh, that, Andra? I did. I actually made that joke. I said, not literally, but I think yours is better. Oh, damn. You did? Damn. Yeah, here. You know what I oh, hear stuff cave. sometimes on the on the broadcast. <laughs> I know sometimes I'm like, God, why did I step on the cross joke? It was really good. <laughs> well, it's really the other way around, like crazy. And I know the audience probably knows what I'm talking about. I'm focusing on telling you bullshit, and like you're in the right. middle and of the bar. <laughs> I miss but I'm that trying to riff on what you're saying, and not necessarily the movie. Sometimes because we got to keep going. Take this space pill. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, Farrah Fawcett has never been to Earth, and he's like. Child, you don't know what you're missing. Here's a space pill. She goes, what? Space pill? She's all innocent. Okay, there's the cylinder. It's Tell a robot. Tell me about Brooklyn. <laughs> so she's human, right? In this beginning of the movie, Sarah, Farrah Fawcett is not a robot. N yes. Or is they, not presented as a robot. There are no, the only, there will only be one robot, and it won't be any of our cast members. Oh, I, for this whole time, I thought Farrah Fawcett was the killer robot. Oh, gotcha. No, like, how, how cool would be that? A sexy killer robot, right? In that <laughs> well, voice? right now, she's a space chick. Space there, was chick some, gotcha. oh, there was that film called Species, and there was Yeah, right, Natasha Leone. No, not right. Natasha Leone. Natasha, shit, I don't remember. And so she seduced the one guy, and then she goes, I really want to have a baby with you. And he's like, whoa, honey, hold on now. This is our first date here. Right. But he gets pissed off and kills him. I've never seen any of the Species movies, Species movies. Oh, well, she has to procreate to get, she's a species. She's got to procreate to get it going with the, you know, on oh. Earth and in, in, invade, you know, kind of. So she does a courting ritual with the man, you know, and... Then when they're alone, I think there was a hot tub involved. They're going to do it. She's like, I want to have a baby. I'm not understanding human culture. Oh, wait, wait. So wait, 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 wait like, we just saw now, there is a naked scene, and we will not see it. Well, we just saw a naked scene. I just saw her topless. Yeah. Uh -huh. Are you sure? We Did can't rewind. or... We can't rewind. We've gone too far. Yeah, I saw a nipple. Michael saw the nipples. Star. Star. Well, I guess I i don't see how I could have missed that seeing this so many times. But she's, see, she's not oh, naked, see? Not naked. Well, you should be naked in front of your grandfather, Carl. <laughs>
Oh, and you know it's a grandfather because he's going to take Viagra. See the blue pill? <laughs> take the blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, OG. Now, what happened is we heard the dog. The dog got trapped in the lab again. I'll get him. Right. Okay. Now, the only reason that happens is so later the dog could get killed. Because we're not going to have this dog hanging around with them, being friends. No, not at all. We see the dogs now, and then we see the dog dead. It's like the remnant of the haunted house, right? You have a dog that, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> that's what I say back in Brooklyn. Oh, that's Bronx. <laughs> yeah, right. He was like, hey, get out of here. And then they overdub. It's like, young lady, please. Young lady. <laughs> Go ahead, turn it on. You'll hear his robot voice. And that was weird. Just something to eat. He's got a rat tail for, for a minute. Yeah, you see. Look at that rat tail. Behind him is a circle. And this yeah. circle, he will interface with the robot. And the robot won't take years of training to become, it'll just suck it up from yeah. his brain. So Harvey Keitel's got to have selective thinking, just program the robot. But that doesn't work out. He absolutely does not selectively think. And the robot kind of gets Harvey Keitel's personality without a moral compass. Wait a minute, I'm lost. So the robot's going to take over Harvey Keitel's body? Nope. Harvey Have Keitel's we met the robot yet? You know how you program a computer? He will program yeah, sure. it with his real brain. He'll. I go, I, I use basic. I go 10, go to pun, uh, pornhub.com. 20, L print. print, question mark. Yeah. 30, go to Ted. <laughs> Ews. Yeah. Why is he watching? The whole thing is gross. I don't know. Is it so gross? I mean, he's She's reading he hasn't had the stroke yet. Now, we saw him in another movie with Dan Aykroyd. Diamonds. Right. In 1999. Diamond. Yeah, and he had, it was right after Kirk Douglas's stroke. You know, one of my favorite bad movies is from 1980, mid-80s. It's called Tough Guys mm -hmm. with Burke Lancaster and Kirk Douglas playing these 1940s, 30s con men who finally mm -hmm. get out of the clink in the 80s. And everything's changed. Their local bars, a gay bar, that type of thing. And they have the <laughs> parole officer is Dana Carvey. It's a really good movie. I mean, it's by really good, I mean, it's just... Is it called Tough Guys? Yeah. I should it's see on it. every... Okay. Did you have cable for the last 40 years? You might have seen it. <laughs> okay. Probably I'll just go to the trailer on YouTube and go, oh, yeah, I saw this. Look at them doing and their 1970s style exercise in the year 20, you know, 50. No, I, I like it. How... Yeah, but the... look at the gravity. It's Earth gravity. He's just walking along. It's a movie set, right? I mean, they're at mm -hmm. Pinewood Studios or whatnot. But the stuff they built is all kind of looks practical. I mean, obviously, it's not like a greenhouse, but the lights must be blaring at them. Now, this took a lot of money to build, and the budget was kind of wrecked up the film. The budget was $10 million, The box office was $9 million, But he had pre-sold it to NBC for $4 million. So he did make a profit, but... It didn't ever mean to cost over $10 million. What happened is he got a payday instead of getting rich off this film. That's why he's crying, okay? Um, Who, the director or, or the star? Yeah. Well, no, the, um, 
the production company Bentley. is called ITC, and it was this locks guy, Lou Grade. Lou Grade is his name. Okay. He was like the guy who stood to get pretty rich off this film and instead just got a payday. Um, they were making Raise the Titanic at the same time, and that went way ass over budget. So that's it. Lou Grade, after these two films, he really didn't do much else. I believe we did raise the Titanic on this show. <laughs> Either that or it was like two hours and we couldn't do it, but <clears throat> I think it's on there. Oh, look at this. Wait, we Talk about we it. didn't do raise the Titanic. You and me or? Well, I think this, I, I don't know if it was with you, Carl. I don't remember. Oh, okay. okay. But I don't think I, yeah, I think we did do it. Like, I want to hear sex like a... talk. Go ahead. Let's hear oh, sex yeah, talk. Yeah. I know why you're denying me hospitality. We offered you another place. I'm talking about you. Your body is very beautiful. Oh, gross. <laughs> I'm not interested. On Earth, we use each other's bodies to give ourselves pleasure. No. I don't know that. I'm not from Earth. <laughs> I am admiring your pleasure center. Don't call it that. I can't believe you've. You get you hire Harvey Keitel because he's Harvey Keitel. No one else has that voice. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't a happy set. You see, this guy named John Barry, he was really a production designer, and he was very famous for doing Star Wars, you know? And okay. when he left this film, he went on to do Empire Strikes Back. I mean, uh, George Lucas went out of his way, like, down to a Mexico film set where he was working to like hire this guy. Well, anyway, this guy had never directed before. So, I mean, Donnan was being a producer and he was like, go ahead, you direct it. But he sucked, he sucked. And because oh. he sucked, the actors started taking advantage of that. So Donnan had to come down and say, look, I gotta be with you on the set every day to make sure that you're doing this right. And he goes, so that's not gonna work. So he got, he quit, but was at the same time fired. He does have a story credit, right? In this yes, movie. he did write yeah. this story. See the brain? Yeah. It's, it's a it's newborn, a brain. fresh brain, which will be imprinted, you know, programmed, basically by Kaitel's selective thinking. All right, so that brain is the robot. Yes. And the brain just needs a corporal body? I don't know what the word corporal means. No, it needs a well, yes, it it will have a machine body. It will be your traditional robot that you okay. think of. Okay, so this makes a little more sense because this movie doesn't make any sense. Look at Farrah Fawcett nipples. Oh wait, that's Kirk Douglas. Sorry. <laughs> that's his rib cage. Look at Farrah <laughs> Fawcett's nipples. He no, that's Kirk I thought Douglas your boots were just sagging, Michael. Uh Mr. Douglas. He doesn't have six-pack abs, Kirk Douglas. He has, like, a barrel, right? <laughs> He's one of those guys with a barrel. Yeah. Do some old-timey boxing with my little mustache and my weird body. Yeah, right now, we're discussing... Oh, he I was wrong. There's the dog. Right. But this dog was only born in this movie to be killed, I assure you. So, Wait, what is the, does the dog die.com say? We, it's got to say the dog dies. Yeah, um, I'll check. It, it's um, They were just lamenting the fact that one of them is going to be retired and replaced by this robot. And she's like, we've got to stay together. We can get recommissioned or something. You Are see they going to go to the space bar? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the robot is being being built. This thing took one million million dollars to build. No, it's it cost over a little over a million to make. Isn't that stupid? What's with the space pill? Is this like space ecstasy? Okay, so that's the way they're acting. He goes, I am tired. Take me to my quarters. And she's like, have a nice sleep. And he goes, I'll just take a blue and crash. So now, like, that makes me think it's a sleeping pill, right? Yeah. But now they're acting like it's whoopee, but they're really not going to get high. All right, Carl, I have to give you the does the dog not does the dog die dot com okay. three does the cat die no does the dog die yes does the animal die no are animal abuse no dog fighting is there a dead animal yes okay yeah 